A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What up, people? It's your boy, DJ Obi, and I just sipped some tea with Timmy San. Make sure you check it out on YouTube and everywhere else. Peace. Yo, guys, today's going to be Vibes on Vibes because I have my friend and DJ, DJ Obi, on my couch. Just put your hands together for my guy. <laughs> today, I'll be honest, serious one. No, today, no, we're no, catching cruise juice, from beginning to cruise, end. I do. How you day? Good to see, man. You know, you, you think you know your friends until you go on Google <laughs> and find out that their name is Levi. Strong name. Oh, oh your name is Levi. My name is Levi. Yeah. Strong name. I'm named after my dad. Really? Livia Jonoma Jr. Yeah. Wow. But based on Igbo man things, Obina came first. Yeah. I'm the only one in my family out of eight children that has an Igbo name as a first name. So there's Amy, Sarah, Michael, Benjamin, Becky, Daniel, and Debbie. Obina. Why? <laughs> Why? I mean, how else was he going to name his first son? <laughs> right, right. You right. understand? But you know what Levi means, right? Um, Do you have an idea? Yeah, it was the temple worshippers or something like that. <laughs> uh, no, I think the Levites were the musicians in like the Old created, Testament. Yes, and so yes. Maybe so he didn't, he didn't go, he, he wasn't far off and he was a creative as well. Oh, Very right. strong creative. Uh, rest in peace to my dad, Dr. Olivia Jonoma, who um, I pretty much took after, honestly speaking. Um, I admired my dad so much. So from a young age, I knew what I wanted to do in life. I knew I wanted to be like my dad. <laughs> so I do. I had to go through this school thing. Was he doing music? No, he didn't do music. But he was in, He, you know, funny enough, my dad actually played instruments, if I remember. Now, my dad, there was one time he surprised us in his office. I think he had a good day that day and he, he, he started playing the guitar, singing, praise and worship. And you guys didn't know that he could do that? We didn't know till that day. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Evil man. I was hide everything. Hide everything. Very creative guy. Yeah, man. Nice one. So maybe you have a calling on your life. So. I know that I do. Yeah. I know that I do. At some point, I'm going to call you to... <laughs> I'm not even joking, but I was a child pastor. Stop. I'm dead ass. Obi. I'm dead ass. <laughs> I'm dead ass. Obi, wait. I was a child pastor. My ministry was end time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Teresa, why are you shouting? My ministry was enter. I know you are. I'm trying to connect both. Ah, bro. What adults and that bro, child. Bro, me, the lead assembly. That, that type of school, where they did praise and worship, where they did prayer, where they did... The, Ajonma. Ajonma. Yes, sir. Obi Ajonma, come and lead praise and worship. Come and lead praise. I was in the choir, bro. I'm a minister. Yes. Yes. Of the so I know... So yeah, now we can call you point. apostle in the marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> right now, because in the streets right, right at now. Some, at some point, it's going to happen. At some point, it's going to happen. Yeah, I yeah. know that. I know Ooh, it. Voila. I'm happy about that. Um, You went to watch the match. Um, Nigeria, Ghana. How was it? Were you heartbroken? <sighs> Funny enough, that was my first live sporting event. I've never, even know my Yankee years, I've never been to like, a basketball game, like maybe college for um, basketball or I've something like that. I've never even been to a game in my life. You understand? So that was my first time, man. Bro, disaster. Disaster, bro. Nothing Did you leave before the there. drama started happening? The drama started... The, what you guys saw was just a continuation of the drama. The drama started from from that morning. Traffic coming... When, you land in, when, you, when I landed in Abuja, traffic trying to get into the city from, you know, because when you drive through the gate, the Abuja gate, mm. the stadium is right there. So there was traffic from that point backing up because then civil servants were closing early to be able right. to watch the match. Right. Then, you know, you got to the to the stadium, nothing was organized. Nothing. When I mean nothing, nothing was organized at all. I wanted to throw a quick shade based on the Pepsi ambassador. If, if Pepsi was handling certain things, well, Pepsi would have organized it properly. Well, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, man, it was just it was it was a disaster. And then at some point, when we thought, when me and my guys thought that, oh, we finally made it to our box suite, mm. you know, even though AC no walk, there was no refreshments, nothing. Like ah, at least we're in. Match was literally about to start. We were taking snaps, taking snaps. Oh, look at us. I see. But two minutes after that snap, 200 people rushed into that street, bro. I'm not joking. Eh? Like, in fact, maybe more than 200. We went from being six of us to just heads. Wait, like, what tickets sold to those people? No, see, so that was, that, that was the thing. I, it, it now made it feel so annoying and so... I don't know. I, I, you've seen it online. People are complaining. Yeah. Why did I buy this ticket? Why did I, bro? The the box suite is one point five. You pay for that. You still bought, and it came with ten tickets, right? But then when I, it almost was like they just let the floodgates open. They yeah. just opened the gates, and everybody. I had friends that at some point during the game they just called me. Oh, I'm at the stadium. People that said they were not coming, that were watching the that match. Thing. They just pulled up, mm. and they were in the stadium. How did they get in? They had no tickets. They had no nothing. They just walked in, walked in. So the whole thing was a disaster from jump, honestly speaking. I heard they were supposed to be 25K, but they went over capacity. The capacity is 60K. They hit the 60K and still almost touched 70 or even, possibly even past 70K, bro. So I'm sure FIFA is going to find Nigeria based on that. Outside yeah. of the riots that was happening and all of that, you know. But truthfully, just as Nigeria is, <laughs> it's chaotic, but it's fun. So it was a fun experience. Yeah. It was it was fun just seeing, you know, the, the people shouting football fans and to some extent it was patriotic as well because I don't think I've ever seen that many Nigerians come out to feel proud about yeah, something yeah, you know except yeah. for answers <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> you know but it was very patriotic and and at the end of the day it was an experience it was fun but it could have been better it could have been way yeah. way better I mean, I mean we lost someone one of the officials rest his soul from the stampede it was, you know, yeah. it was so sad when I got home and I so I didn't stay to the end 
I left at like the 75th minute or something like that because I knew <clears throat> with the amount of crowd in the stadium, I didn't want to follow everybody to leave, you know. And I feel like this um, VVIP treatment that people get, you know, our our politicians, government officials is ridiculous, you know. I don't, I don't know. I've, I feel like there's, there's, there's Nigeria and there's Nigeria. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was so terrible because they made no provision for anybody else but VVIPs yeah. or the, the, the dignitaries, the delegates. You know what I'm saying? There was nothing else for anybody to the food, drinks. It was just, it was. But I even, even Jello for saying that they promised you guys food from the beginning. Bro, I said the, the suite was 1.5. Sweet like this box suite, empty, no AC, fridge empty, nothing. Yeah. Thankfully, the toilet was working. Yeah. Seriously, in this country, bro, it brother. was terrible. It was terrible. But at the end of the day, we made it work. Nigerians, we always push through. Yeah, we'll make I think it work. That's, that's our that's our, our talent. Thing. Yeah, we'll make it work. We'll, we'll make survive. it work. So we did. We made it work. We just because at the end of the day, six of us against what 250, 300 people that rushed into us. We we cannot. We're not going to drag it. So we, we all just maintain. No, what this match finish, bro? You know, wow, wow, yeah, man. But nice. I'm happy that I hear. I'm hearing now that we actually qualified. Through some technicality, is it? Um, that's what I heard, but I'm still trying to confirm it. Congratulations, Nigeria! Congrats, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your career as a DJ, my mm. brother. So, was DJing always in the works for you? Did you always knew you're going to be a DJ, or eventually... I knew I was always going to be in entertainment because, right. like I said, I wanted to be like my dad. So, my dad, um, if you if you Google my dad, <laughs> uh, we'll what's after this podcast? Yeah, don't worry. If you Google my dad, he started. Out in the east with the radio station in Imo State. Went to the States to do his, you know, the university, master's, PhD, and came back in 89 with us, four of us. And um, went on to do Morning Ride on NTA 2 Channel 5. He was that guy. Yes, he was that guy. My dad was <laughs> and for, for lack of better description, my dad was the Larry King of Nigeria. I love it. He did um, morning ride. He did he did his own show, Sunday show on on NTA ten. Right, that was wow. there. Yeah. That was running for like thirteen years, thirteen fourteen years. And at some point, in my my dad was on TV and radio every day of the week. Wow. So Monday he had insurance today. Tuesday he had another show. Wednesday, Thursday was. Some, you know, business shows, you have one business shows, insurance yeah. today, teach you about insurance, teach you about business. Then Friday was um, Gouda World of Entertainment. Then Saturday on the radio was Open House Party, which was everybody. He favorite. did that too. Yes. So, that so was, you were that always was open, exposed to that. I was always space. around a TV set, VTR, you know. <laughs> it was, I was, oh, I've always, I've grown up in this space, yeah. you know. Then Sunday, he did Sunday show as well. So it was a no brainer, you know. And it was always exciting because he always put our names on the credits. Because we would always contribute to like current affairs, <laughs> quote unquote, oh, you'd like research for him, and, exactly oh, to cool. give him gist. You know, we'll record all those um, award shows to let him know whose performance was hard, who's you know who won what. Oh, wow, yeah, because yeah, he will yeah. use that on radio. The next day. He will use that on radio, or he will take the clips, edit, put it on the on the TV so show. You've always been in this. So system. literally, I've always been in the system. So I was because I was going to ask if you had support from your parents, but with this thing you well, said. My dad was also a very, very, very strong Christian. So like, so, so like, <laughs> like, like I've said, I, I think at some point I'm going to, you know, mount a pulpit 
but <laughs> my dad was very, Sorry. very. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Don't worry, bro. I, I'm the, the, no. When it, when God it can. Yes, God. <laughs> God, God, what God cannot do does that exist? Thank you. He gets, um, so my dad was pretty much. If if my dad wasn't in the entertainment industry, he would have been a pastor. Honestly speaking, that so, type of guy. Yes. So as much as he was in the entertainment industry, he wasn't about the entertainment industry. He really just handled it as work, as passion, because that's what he loved to do. And, you know, so truthfully, when I started DJing, he wasn't necessarily for it, even though he did buy me my first set of turntables. Mm. But when he came back from that trip, because I was in the States, when he came back from that trip, it's almost like he called his pastor to just be like, hey, I just did this for me. I don't know what they told him, but he called me. I see that thing, pack it, pack it, pack it, pack it, 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 it. <sighs> because but, you're going into the world yes, to play that, worldly music and, <laughs> and then I read I never did I never did anytime he was coming to the States to, to so you were in school at the time when I you started I started when I was 19 what were you studying at the time? mass communication broadcasting and print right. media so if you're not going to be a DJ you're probably going to be like a, an I would on-air presenter on-air, uh, yeah I would, that's what I'm saying I, I would have definitely been in the entertainment space either behind the scenes or on camera so when why did you fall in love with DJ? Jimmy Jack. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to DJ Jimmy Jack. Shout Jatt. out Daddy Jimmy, Uncle Jimmy, whatever you want to call mm. him. So when I was young, my dad used to do a lot of work with Nigerian breweries. Mm. And um they had uh do you remember TBS? They used to have Carnival and um Star Trek, all these big shows, yeah. you know. So one day he took us with him. I can't remember which one exactly it was, but it was at TBS. And as we were walking in, I just, it was a f- sea of people. I was just like, ah, this is a packed event. I think that was one of the first times he actually took us to like one of his gigs, you know? So as we're walking in, he's talking to his friends and we're standing there and the crowd is just raving, raving and they're hailing Jimmy Jat on the stage. Mm. And I still remember the mix till this day. That mix is what made me say, you know what, what that guy did, mm. I want to learn it. So wow. we walk in and he's talking to his guys, you know, checking in how we do now when, yeah. when we see each other outside, yeah. <laughs> you know, and everyone's hailing Jimmy Jad. Oh, Jimmy Jad, so welcome to the stage, Jimmy Jad. And he starts playing and Dangerous, Buster I'm Dangerous just dropped. And there was this group, there's, there used to be this group called Black Girl and they had a song called 90s Girl. So he was playing 90s Girl and it, there's a point in 90s Girl where it says, hold up, wait a minute. And so when he did that, he said, hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> the crowd went, went nuts. Like when I mean nuts, like it was to the point where he shook me like, oh, are we safe? Like the crowd went mad. In, in Lagos here? TBS. TBS. I want to say this was like, I don't know, when, when did Buzz, when did uh, Dangerous Gone? 96? Maybe 97? This was TBS in 96? Yes, bro. That's what I'm telling you. I was born in 96. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Yes, so I'm like, which song is waiting? Oh my goodness! This, this, <laughs> my this, senior colleague. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, but that's how it happened. When he did that mix, I was sold. So from that point, I I always remember that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when eventually when I went on to uni, broke uni students, you know, <laughs> trying to make extra funds. Let me say, Popsy, you know, they send money, but it's well, just like. I have my, I have to be accountable for what the money he's sending. So I need some extra funds that I to don't need to be accountable for. You understand? So um I first thought about becoming a party promoter, but then the Igbo money me kicked in. And I was just like, I might not make money, I might make money. 
what's that? I don't understand that. <laughs> you understand? So I thought about the DJ, and I was like, you know, someone, someone in, in my class was explaining to me how, you know, DJs are dope. And I was like, yeah, I remember, you know, Jimmy Jap, blah, blah, blah. So I decided to buy my first set of um, decks. Yeah. And just go with the pastor. I, I, I trained myself. I didn't go to like DJ school. Wow. I didn't go. Yeah. Just because I'd been around it. So I knew I was, I used my ear to listen to my mixes to make mm. sure, you know, cause I know what Jimmy Jato was doing. I know what FX2, DJ FX2 in Ray Power was playing, Shai mm. Shai Shilon. I know what they were playing, you know? Mm. So I, if I can play, if I can mix like that, then I think I'll be fine. And literally, that's how I learned. And I just so you're playing in school there. at the time. I started doing house parties. My first gig, I blew my speakers. How? <laughs> I was too loud. Right. Yeah. So it was even from that point I started learning about it to know that okay, this thing is not just plug and play. There's some technicality to it. Mm. I have to know that okay, I can't play too loud, so I don't blow my speakers. Right. I have to play with the right equipment, play at the right volume or EQA properly and all that stuff. But I started with house parties. And then obviously from house parties, you meet a lot of people. Before you know, you start meeting this uh, student union president or this ASA president or this whatever president. And you're like, yo, we're having a cultural night. We're all, the, night. all the gigs were in school. So for, from house parties, it started going into schools where, you know, they'll call, oh, I, I know this DJ, he's Nigerian. And then back then, being African was very rare. <laughs> if you understand what I mean. <laughs> so having access to African music, it wasn't even Nigerian. We didn't even listen to African music at the time. But we had two phase. We had Plantation Boys. Yeah. We had Blackie. You know what I'm saying? We had all those guys. But it wasn't cool to play them. But it the wasn't cool yet, you know. But it was our identity as Africans yeah. away from in the diaspora that are, mm. you know, not home. So um yeah, that's how we started out. I bought my equipment. And just started training house parties to college parties. Before you know, those college presidents and college students started turning into club promoters. Right. You understand know what I'm saying? So, so was growing, they, basically. It was just, I was just literally, I've always just used my network to grow my brand. And I've always just made sure that I'm in the right network. Hmm. So those same club promoters turn into big festival promoters or club owners or you know they go on to get married mm. everybody's gonna get married you know what i'm saying oh, no i take that back <laughs> everybody's not gonna get married it's not for everybody <laughs> it's, it ain't for everybody why <laughs> are you talking like this it ain't, it, bro, you know marry listen let's just put it on the table i'll be at this side we're going to get in trouble for this year podcast bro. <laughs> i want to get so, to trouble but let's we're going to talk about marriage after <laughs> this gist oh yeah so yeah, man, um, I just kind of grew my network. I grew with my network, um, and that's how the brand was able to to flourish. Honestly speaking, you just have good friends mm. that are also as passionate about your brand as you are, yeah. and that's really what has helped me out. Nice. So when you moved back, how was the how was settling into Nigeria for you? What did you just start off as a DJ when you moved back? How did no, you, did you have it to was adjust? very hard because I just lost my dad. I lost my oh, dad in wow. twenty twelve. Um, oh, you moved back in 2012. I moved back in 2012. I, but before that, I was always coming home for Christmas. So yeah. the truth is, me moving back, even as a DJ, wasn't a brand new thing because every December I was here, we we're still doing all black everything. Right. From like so far you're a back foreign as, DJ coming exactly. to Nigeria. Uh, uh, See, as copy they come or I love who it. else? Tunes, you know, they, when they that was me, Eco, how they, how they come into town December, yeah. stay for like a few weeks yeah. or two months. That was me. But then when the Dana crash happened, I had to come back. He passed in the Dana crash? Yes, he was on the Dana crash. This is so... In the Dana crash. You know, Dana. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, 
Yeah, and uh, since we're talking Dana, if you're a promoter, don't ever send me Dana tickets in your life. Don't do that. That's the first red flag. That's the first red flag. Nigerians do something where they do not do research. I've cancelled gigs because the person just sent me Dana. Yeah. I'm like, guy, you're not yeah. serious. Yeah, get to know the you know it's like it's like coming to sit down with, with you for an interview and you don't know who you're talking about and someone's asking what's your name they think that's an interview question no no you're supposed to know who you're sitting with you know so first try to decide but yeah <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I want to get into the Dana thing but let's that, let's, that, let's yeah. but I mean pretty much we're on it now because that's why I came yeah. back did you guys ever get like compensated what 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 happened we still fight um low key we still did fight. Um, do you apologize to the families? I mean, what can an apology do? Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not coming back. You know, he had, we, we all had a lot of plans and he's not here. And it has trickled into so many different things. Mm. Grief is not anything easy. I'll tell you that nobody understands it unless you're in it, unless you're going through it. You never. So that's why sometimes when people pass and you, it's one of the most awkward things to go and do condolence visits. So I try not to do it. Sometimes it's it, tough because yeah, sometimes it even hurts friendships because then people think you don't care. But bro, I've been there, done that. It's very awkward. I don't like it. I want you to be happy. So when I will come to meet you at a certain time after the whole noise of the you know passing has mm-hmm. calmed down, and then we can have a real life conversation because I know what you're going through. You understand? But is is not is nothing easy. Especially if it's from a it's from a loved one, either parents, sibling, family member, friend, whoever it is, you know, it's nothing easy to deal with. But that was what brought me back. And um when I came back, it was hard for me to stop because like I said, my dad wasn't necessarily happy about it. But one thing, one conversation I was happy that I had with my dad was where he broke down why he wasn't happy about it. And I see why. But thankfully we had that conversation so I know how to maneuver. He was just worried about the vices that were out there. Yeah. And like I said, he was a very strong Christian, MFM. Mm, so, so you know, you're opening yourself up to evil things. The streets, you know. The streets are evil. It's the streets evil, are like, very evil, you yeah. know. But if you have God and you know God, mm. you'll be fine. You know how to maneuver through these things and you you pray for a spirit of discernment. You know, it's a funny thing. People think that God doesn't go with you everywhere. He's here right now. <laughs> He's everywhere with you. Everywhere, believe it or not. There are times where I'm DJing in a club and I get a funny feeling. <laughs> Check my time. Like how much, <laughs> you how, much, how much time do I have left? And once I'm done, I'm out. You know, even filthy vibes, filthy spirits, when they come around, I can sense it. So mm. I'm polite, but I keep I keep my distance and you know, I say my what prayers. What do you mean by filthy spirits? Filthy, filthy. You know, in the entertainment, the entertainment industry is based off of vanity. Yeah. That is our... Tell me about it. Our, that, that's what it is. You know, fake it mm. till you make it. Let me show you I can do it better than you. It's all ego, vanity, and all of that. You know, so it's hard for a Christian... It, it real to, I really struggled. You understand to to thrive in this space because. Yeah. But then, what can you do? This is this is your talent. This is this is what you know how to do. So mm-hmm. the best thing is to dedicate it to God and keep that conversation between you and God and nobody else. Because anybody else will put in that judgmental yeah. element yeah. and start telling you from their mind what they feel you should do versus what God really wants you to do. You know. But um, when I came back, it was hard for me to start DJing again because I was struggling with the fact that I miss my dad. He's gone. Am I going to make him proud being a DJ? This is not really what he wanted me to do like that. 
Popsy was already telling me about, you know, internships at CNN and all these type of things. So he wanted, yes, he wanted me in the media space because that I was the one that was following that route. Mm. But then not necessarily in the party space. Yeah. <laughs> That's why, you know, but I was already in the, he never had a clue of how far gone, you know, with it. He didn't, I, I, I think some of his friends' kids here and there would drop, Oh, I saw Kulivi's son. He's a fantastic DJ. Mm. You know, he played at my school. He played at my friend's wedding. And he always just called me, where are you? <laughs> Does right. he play this? Are still doing this DJ Tinovina? Oh, daddy, no. What do you mean? Who, 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 where did you go this weekend? What, you know, all those type of things. So those things played, you know, yeah. played with my emotions a lot. So, but I think but, he'll be proud now. I think, I, I hope so. And I, I think so, you know. But um, I just spoke to a few people that encouraged me to say, listen, this is what God has give, blessed you with to make money. I'm not a nine to five person. You know, yeah. I'm, the, I'm a sit down and make it happen kind of person. I'm a go-getter, you know. I like structure, but I'm not necessarily structured, you know. So, it's just the life of creative, the life of an entrepreneur. So that was, that's really, but through prayer and fasting and just, you know, wanting to hear from God. You did fast. I did fast. I say MFM, three days dry fast. I do, I'm close my eyes. Four days self. I'm on a, yes, man. Easy. You know what's funny? I don't like the fact that when I talk about God, people just try to laugh about it. You know, I don't laugh you. I get I'm it. Just just on, my friend. It's, <laughs> it's not just you. It's just like when I, sometimes when I speak like this, people are looking at me like, bro, how do you know? And I'm just like, why are you, you're the problem because you're judging me. Why are you judging me? Because you're a Nobody doctor and I'm a DJ. You understand what I'm saying? Why are you judging because you're yeah. an engineer and I'm a DJ? Yeah. We're making yeah. good money with, as long as you're good at what you do and you're doing it from a good place, positivity, not negative, you know, you're good. That's, that's how I see it, you know. But I was able to get over all those emotions of mm. whether or not I wanted to DJ again and I got back on my feet. And that's when I decided to stay because truthfully, when I came back, I only really just, I, I came abruptly because it was, it was death. So, I had to go back and pack my stuff, ship some things, my equipment and all that stuff. And I came back, decided to give it a shot. And so you started to move back when he passed. Yeah. Was it because you were first son? You had to take, take over things. Duties, or? You know, and just to be here with family, mm. you know, there's a lot of drama that goes on when somebody passes. So yeah. you had that you literally first on duty to step up to just, you know, be there. You know, you become a man overnight, yeah. you know, literally, so, but I always just pray for the wisdom of God when it comes down to certain things. And that's mm. what has kept me, you know, regardless of whatever you hear outside, God is literally the only reason why I'm still here. You Thank know? God for you, my brother. Yeah, so, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Guinness. Hey, that was a divine idea. Yeah. That was a very, so it's, it's good you're talking about that because that was a very strong and very real breaking point for my career in Nigeria. Mm. I've come to Nigeria now. I've been in the States for maybe at this point, eight, nine years or something like that. I built a brand in the States. Mm. How do I come to Nigeria now and start? Is it, there's a huge difference coming home in December and going back yeah. and then coming and staying. And you is are it, now the competition different? to all these DJs that normally get their regular everyday gigs mm. you know come and chook head and is it beef among the DJs uh, bro like 
<laughs> for this small small club, this is what I did. Small club, oh, be small club because no, somebody's better than butter. It's someone's better than butter now. Yes, now. Also, people feel it's a type of way when new people come into the space. Yes, imagine see another new podcaster or you know actor or somebody comes into town because you know they get phone air they you know <laughs> <laughs> who be like, this one who be this guy this you get it and that was really what it was so but a lot of times people were asking that question who is this guy my manager at the time Chin or actually no Asa, before uh, before Issa was Chin and we oh, Asa to, managed you yes and we used to we used to just try and get certain gigs and they always be oh I've who is Obi? Who is DJ Obi? Who is DJ Obi? Some people oh, have heard of him, but mm. you know there wasn't really that stamp of approval, and it was almost like every time we we're getting gigs, it was like we we're begging for it. Like, bro, really? Because I, uh, I, 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 I was just assuming that it was all love among DJs. I never really well, not any... the, well. There's, there's because <laughs> you play with a lot of DJs. I've come, I've co- because I, I come from a place where I, I'm, I have a clean heart, bro. I have a good heart, you know, so. I don't see anybody as competition. I will bring you in with me. I mm. like collaboration. Mm. I like to work together because that's how we can create something gr- even greater than whatever idea I had mm. to, for myself, mm. you know. But Nigeria has taught me that mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody, everybody be Jesus so Christ. So you understand? So when I came back, there was a lot of hiccups. I would just be trying to get certain gigs and be like, no, let's go with this other guy first. I don't know this guy. Let's go with this other guy. Oh, no, this guy is my guy. This guy is my guy. Who is this guy? Who is his people? We know mm-hmm. that. So one day, and so I, at this time, Asa was managing me now mm-hmm. and it was becoming very annoying because Asa was working really hard to get me a lot of gigs because he Asa is like a... entertainment child prodigy. Like, yeah. if you don't know Asa in the entertainment industry, yeah. you never blue. You understand what I'm saying? And I was grateful for that. I was grateful for Asa, for Chen, and some of the other people that have helped me out, you know, on the managerial side. So one day there's a conference, Red Flower PR, if I if I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, Leslie, who was running Channel O, head of Channel O at the time, came to speak at the conference and I was attending. And she mentioned the fact, the fact that Black Coffee had decided to break a world record at some point. You know, she was talking about people doing big things and great things mm. and stuff like that. I'm a huge Black Coffee fan. Anybody that knows me, Black Coffee is my first introduction to house music. I love Black Coffee strongly. So when I heard Black Coffee, my atten- it grabbed my attention. I was listening. And they said, oh, you try to break a world record. You try to do this. I was like, what? Did he break it? I, it was an attempt. And it was for he was trying to do it for four days or something like that at the time. This was 2016. What was the record then? The first record, I think, was two days. It started out small. It's a 24, 24 hours before you know someone did two days before you know someone to do four days. So I was like, oh, this is a thing. Mm. I Right there in the conference, I Googled it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. In 2016, my career turned 10. So I wanted to do 10 days for 10 years, right? Wait, what was the record before 10 days? Eight. You said 200 oh. hours, yeah. The audacity. The audacity. But guess what? I had done it already, even at that Wildflower PR conference. It, in my mind, it was done. So the, it was just to now execute. Wow. But before we did, before we proceeded, obviously you feel like the paperwork, do all these things. And you know, sometimes when you have this huge idea in your mind, in your being, mm. you become very restless. 
So for a very long time, I was very restless as to what this was going to do for me, what it was about, you know. But I, like I said, I just wanted to do it because I felt like this was going to be a huge global stamp. So I not, I would not only just cover Nigeria, I would cover the world. So nobody needed to ask me who was DJOB. If you ask me who DJOB is now, it's your you. Yeah. <laughs> Go out, Google me. You understand what I'm saying? And that's really how the world record came about. You know, reached out to a few people. A lot of people didn't believe I was going to do it. But I got encouragement from one of my big brothers that I still hold dearly till today, Kelechi Dozier. When I went to him to, to talk to him, it was just like, a, yeah, let's get it. Let's do this, do this. And he just made everything happen. I was like, oh, wait, we're really doing it? I was like, all right, cool. You know? <laughs> Why were you just kind of not failing after I wasn't involving so many people? To me, DJing, like, I, like I, I love it. I, I can, if you put Dex here now, I can keep playing. For 10 days. Did you I sleep at all? I, so I ended up doing nine. Right. I did 230 hours. I went, I was 10 hours shy of 240. Yeah. But I didn't sleep. No sleep at all. For nine days. For nine days. Uh, non-stop. Promise you, bro. What, what were you surviving on? So the first few days, normal food. The first two days was good. First two, three days, I was good. So I can say I can easily do three days now. No hiccups. I can give you three days non-stop. Of not sleeping. Of not sleeping. How, you, how did your body react to that? First? My body started acting up by the fourth day. Um, I started hallucinating. I couldn't recognize my family members. I couldn't recognize my bro. I was having different, like, I'll be Why are you not going to stop? <laughs> why did I stop? Why, why are you not going to stop? No, why would I stop? I had to get to the end. I, this was like day four. By day four. By day four, day five. Bro, my body had not rested. My body had not slept. I had not shut my eyes. So how did you even make it to straight. day nine? <laughs> I'd, I'd gone three, four days now with no sleep doing this. <laughs> and I heard that you could not play any song that you had played before. You couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't repeat a song within four hour window. Right. Yeah. So, you know. Were there people who were representative of like Guinness? That were... So now let me give you the real gist because I don't think, and I want to use this to, to put this, I'll use your, <laughs> use your platform to put this out there. Mm. So, there was no one from the world record office there because they gave us the advice that we should videotape it. And what we needed to do was video the, the, the timer on the, on the camera and the timer next to me that was counting the time and the days had to align. Think, yeah. Right. Which we did. And I don't want to give this guy any more shine than he already does, that he already has. <laughs> But Hush Puppy was a big influence for this decision because at the time, Nigeria was going through Boko Haram. Right. And Hush Puppy was still in Malaysia popping off and it was becoming a thing, right? Right. At this time, everybody knew it was fraud. It was, I don't know at, at what point he switched to <laughs> such a... Socialite. A Robin Hood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, it was now a problem because anything coming from Nigeria was just a hell no. It was fraudulent, right. you know? So even after the world record, I never got my certificate. Yeah, I never got approved just because they did not give it to me. They literally told me they couldn't see my hands DJing. They, they were coming up with different flimsy excuses. I have all the email threads. They were coming up with different excuses. and then, to, But we were countering everything. At some point, they were like, oh, you didn't have enough witnesses. Bro, my shit was packed. I had people dancing. I had people, mm -hmm. you know, so I had to have like at least four um, judges mm -hmm. to watch me play. It became a thing even during the world record because then Toke would come, Tanya was there, mm. MI came through, Bernard Fino, name like, yeah, it. Yeah, people were coming through. Don Jazzy 
came and you see, Don Jazzy is such a huge, I don't know what to call him in the entertainment industry that is like anything he touches turns to gold. Mm. Jazzy came with Big N and Big N is a childhood friend of mine. So people out there that think that me and Big N <laughs> are just DJ friends. We've mm. been known ourselves and Big N was coming to support me and he came with Jazzy. But the moment Jazzy pulled up and the moment Omaomi pulled up, it became a thing. Those were yeah. the two, those are the three factors or the three people. Omaomi is your guy like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's my person. Yeah. But at that point, at that time, honestly speaking, we weren't even guys like that. At that time, we were not. She just came out of love, honestly. Yeah. So it was Big N, Omaomi, and um, Don Jazzy that actually came and made it a thing. So the first night they 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 blew it up. They by the time Jazzy posted that, oh, see what Obi is doing. By the time Big M posted it, by the time Omaomi posted it, and the rest of the folks that were coming in, mm. it was like, wow, everybody now wanted someone was laughing. Lynx used to laugh and say, I became Madame Tussauds. <laughs> what what? Madame Tussauds, like a, you know the wax museum where you go to start with because people literally just come and snap with me and leave. Right. Yeah, people come or some people come and like it became a thing for like the entertainment industry yeah. to show up like yeah. oh somebody's doing this thing have you yeah. not got go and take your own picture <laughs> <laughs> you understand so that was really what blew it up and we kept pushing kept pushing kept pushing um till the last day the last day was very very tough because now at this point i'm hallucinating i'm not eating i, I think the food went from solids to liquids by like the fifth day, I was just doing juices, quicker oats, fruits, you know. I had to have a medic on ground. So shout out to MedPlus. They supplied all the medicals. Wow. They came to be checked. They came to check my my vitals and all of that, you know. And a lot of people just kept showing love. School kids would come and check it. Yeah, bro. Like I'd be Wait, What were you doing this thing at the time? At South Cafe. Wow. Yeah. Kids would stop by after school or before school. There was this running group that used to run the bridge because the bridge was it was a thing back then. They would run, come and mm. refresh and like recuperate and refresh at South Cafe and dance a little bit and party and go to work. It was it became a thing, you know. Yeah. So it just people just kept showing love. People were bringing me juices. I became a billboard. <laughs> people would bring me clothes. People would bring me as long as uh, I snap it. You know what I mean? I <laughs> promise you, bro. Star boy. <laughs> <laughs> people were doing all these things. And it was cool, man. I'm not going to lie. I appreciated every bit of it. It was mm. amazing, you know. But then that last day was really tough. I had to stop because I you needed... You said no. Yeah. No. Truth is, I, I was willing to push through, but at this point, my body was was done, mm. bro. At some point, I was pissing in a bottle because, yeah, people didn't know, so they would clear them, they would push them back. Okay, um, no, no pictures, no pictures. You guys stay outside. So you, so you could feel bend down. I would bend down. I would just stand. Jehovah, I would just stand. Down. Oh yeah. shit, no cash you, bro. But I got whole arm till because now you have to understand the the rule. <laughs> the rule was that I can do. 20 minutes after every four hours. Yes, that was what it was. 20 minutes after every four hours for a break. So in the first few days, I was pushing it to 24, 24, so I can get two hours every 24 oh, to hours. to gather your minutes. Yes. But then after after some point, I had to now start taking my breaks every 20 minutes, every um every uh, the 20 minutes after every four yeah. hours. But then what will now happen? I will come back to start DJing. Peace don't catch me. I can't move for four hours, bro. 
She hold that piece for Oh, that piece. But guess what happened the last day? Last day I held that piece. So the, when I now went to pee, blood. Jesus. I swear. That's, so that's why I stopped. That's when my family was like, no, 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 guy, guy, guy is enough. You have tried. Because at this point, I beat the guy's record. I was just setting my own record. So it's like, you've actually done it. So leave it. <laughs> so when I went to wow. pee that day, I pissed blood for like the few, first few like five seconds or whatever and then I had to come out and tell them like yo I don't think I can do this again and like what happened I pissed blood They're like eh oh, yeah, everybody party's over party's over who the cards who the cards the speakers and wow. they took me to, to to the hospital obviously you know for medical checkup and all well, that you stuff okay. I was okay um, they let me sleep for like 12 hours straight but they had to wake me up because at that point I now found out that if your body is sleep deprived for too long the next time you sleep you can't Sleep, sleep into a coma and die. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So but I didn't know that before I started. Because if I knew that, you know I don't know if I would have done it. You know, but, um, but that was what, that was how it ended. And truthfully, it worked. Whether certificate or not, it worked for me. Because what, what, I, what I wanted was the PR part of it. Yeah. It was a PR stunt and I needed that. And till today, when I go for gigs, everybody even everyone, once they put my name on Google, they're like, oh, bro, are you crazy? You did this, you must be mad. And you know, it's a, it's a, it's an icebreaker, it's a conversation piece. And when I now get to DJ, they're like, yes, yeah, DJ, you did, yes, you really did it. You you know? it. So, get us world record. How far? How far, <laughs> my guy? my team, bro. You know, it, so what, what eventually happened was that they now tried to make me do it again. They said I should do it again for verification. I said, I'm not doing it again. Want you I almost die. killed myself. What am I doing again? I did everything you guys asked for. You guys didn't want to come because of security risk. I was willing to meet whoever. Bro, Lagos State supported at that point. Um, Ministry of Tourism, um, Foley Coca mm. was fully involved. He helped me out. He, so the truth is, I could have gotten whatever approval I needed to get if the World Record Office just said, this is what they now said. Oh, the US and UK embassies advise them that if they come, they're on their own. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to bad. understand that at this, that at this point, Boko Haram news was coming out like yeah, every other day. True. So even we said the FSA, this thing will reach Lagos, you know, go reach Lagos, you mm. know, those kind of things. So truthfully, I couldn't blame them, but we followed their guidelines. We followed the guidelines that yeah. they gave us, you know. But after a while, I, you know, I had a meeting once with, um, one of my big brothers in the game in New York, Brian Biggs, and he was just like, bro, just leave it. <laughs> you're great. You're doing good. Just keep pushing and do greater things. Yeah. What you is doing what you needed it to do. It's putting you in the right rooms right now. People are booking. Bookings are coming in. People are doing, you know, we're doing so press. After, after, after the nine days, mm-hmm. after the, all the press and everything, Kariad got a... Oh, no, no, Yeah, I'm not going to lie. We went straight to... Asa and I were in New York that whole summer... Wow. <laughs> Booked and busy. Booked and busy. Straight. Gigs, 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 back to back. Weddings were flooding in from Nigeria. So that's when I now picked up on my destination wedding uh, path. And everybody wanted to fly me left and right to DJ and Lovely. stuff like that. Yeah. So it did what I wanted it to do, regardless mm. of whether the certificate came through or not. Was that when Pepsi came? Pepsi came in 2018, but it put me in the conversation for yeah. Pepsi, even though. Man, let me hold my petty tongue. Terry-san. 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 You see the problem? The problem. Hey, we'll first chance. You know that? We'll first chance. Oh, yeah. Give me this tea. Oh, my goodness. Nah, nah. 
Man, Timmy Sam, you put me in trouble, bro. <laughs> why you need why you need draw? Yeah, Timmy Sam be trying to get me on this show. Ah, my friend, I don't say if we sit down. I don't even want to talk many, many things over. Yeah, I'm supposed to talk because... Yeah. Yeah. I keep telling bro, are you sure you want to show them this side? Yeah, that's awesome. I've been very, you know, very low-key at the past. Yeah. You know, I'm mm. very honest. But they don't say you they talk. You understand? Not only in our in-house. Please, please, share, share. No, please. no, no. You know, Pepsi came, Pepsi came in 2018. It's just that, you know, certain people try to take the pride and joy away from it. Mm. From from you know enjoying it, but I know my hard work put me there. Nobody say person for person husband put my name there, but I know my my pride. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know my hard work. <laughs> I know my hard work put me there. You understand? I can't stand you. You you tested me. Bro. <laughs> I can't you stand tested you. Tested me, bro. So yeah, man. Um, Pepsi came. Pep, that put my name on the list. And thankfully, Pepsi did. Because there were a lot of options later on. I found out there were a lot of options. A lot of those guys had been in Nigeria way before me. Mm. Had been consistent, you know. But there's something that a lot of DJs need to understand about branding. You need to be able to brand yourself, to separate yourself from other DJs. One thing I used to separate myself from other DJs when I came back was that Yankee flavor. Yeah, It's not that I couldn't play Nigerian music. You know, a lot of times I couldn't get those street gigs. But the the necessary gigs for the right market, you know, at some point my tag was luxury brand DJ, and I was very okay with that. People made <laughs> people try to make me feel like no, you guys mingle. I'm like, bro, everybody loves luxury. So guess what? Streets, mainland island, whoever, at some point would they need to aspire? Yeah, it's like aspirational one, bit of it. Yeah, they need to be like one day I want to be able to rock with Obi. Mm. the same way I'll rock with any other DJ yeah. you understand know, what I'm saying so yeah man hold on my G thanks brother so lockdown <laughs> <laughs> lockdown was when I actually started fucking with Obi I'm just like wow Obi this guy you know, my piano just became a thing yes I would like to say that I brought my piano to Nigeria well I would like to say it well I I, see Chin Chin hooked me up with the EP Scorpion Kings and he's like yo check this out mm. it's a it's a new style coming out of um, South Africa and mm. he knows that I love house music and we were always sending each other like new house tracks so he was just like yo check this out Mafurisa and Kabza I've heard about Mafurisa before but that was my first time hearing about Kabza, Kabza. Mm. so I was like oh this is nice beach club vibes you know we're just talking about what we can do with this type of sound oh you know South of France kind of vibe but from Africa. Mm. You know, so I was like, mad, mad, man. This was as far back as 2017, ending of 2017, going into 2018. Mm. So I was like, yo, yo, dope, 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 sweet, sweet. Oh, this was... Yes, now, now why are they telling you? Oh, you bring you bring my friend. Okay. Ah, so, but, so guess what? I had Shisha Room, you know, I, I, I have... Yeah. As a business I you had man. It, like Shisha Room, a place yeah, yeah, yeah. for Shiba or something. Yes. Yeah. And I do Shisha by the Hilton, at the Hilton by the poolside mm. now. That's so, good Shisha, by the way. Amazing shisha, beautiful shisha pot. You should check it out. If you're in Abuja, go to the Hilton Poolside. It's there. Yeah. Um, so, but the shisha room in, um, for Lao Sibo, that was what we played during the day. Right. Before our DJ would come in and play anything else, mm. you were listening to my piano, but you thought it was house music because nobody knew what it was yeah. at that point. So that's why my bragging rights is that I brought my piano to Nigeria. Thank because you so I started playing it and then I started doing the W bar Sundays and I I would play it at the W as mm. well and that was before lockdown so mm. 
going into lockdown, I already had the Ama Piano stuff that mm. everybody w- was hearing already. It was just now getting popular and then Sponono came, Of Lagos came, you know, all those tracks started dropping. And I was like, oh, this sound is about to take off, not knowing that... <laughs> The takeoff, the takeoff, full power, nah, bro. Like during lockdown, I, I, I don't know if I listen to anything else. Like, and this was my idea. Yes, and I remember because we were always vibing on my piano, and mm. it was one of the things because you understood it very early as well. Yeah. Not just yeah. understanding the music, you understood the dancing, you understood the vibe. I think just before we went to lockdown, I'd been, I was in South Africa, like. Just ah, before yeah, lockdown. Yeah, that was your first trip. That and I got yeah. to the hood. Yes. A place called yes, Rands. Yes, yes, I remember like, that. Jesus too. Christ, this is heaven. Yeah. I'd never seen a couple of, a group of people dance like that. The boys and the girls are on the same energy. Mm. They don't drink like those, their spritz I mean, what do they call those things? Those, their beer. Yeah, what's it called? Um, um cider. The cider is Corona and the rest Savannah, Savannah yeah. yeah. So I felt like they were possessed. <laughs> it's not a joke. This is me. I'd never, you know, this was not even in the bougie part of Cape Town. No, no, this no. This was no, in no. the hood. From the gates to the bus move. Then the bus move. The one with Ohio, Ohio, everybody. Yeah. I was like, this is heaven. And the truth is, they don't need much to enjoy Thank you. Not very for reason for this Lagos. Before the 20 to remain. Before babe stand up for table, you have to fold on period or finish for that table. Yes, yeah, so. And she'll not even stand up for too long. But it's always good vibes in SA. And, I, and what, what I tell people, people always ask, what's the difference between the producers or the people that make music in SA and Nigeria, not that our producers don't make music out of passion, but passion in SA is very different. Yeah. It comes, it flows it's very freely. It's just love. love. You can tell that yeah. you love what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. You know, it, you, you never hear something in South Africa and feel like this is so commercial because it's just a pure sound. You yeah. Know, even with their hip hop, they do it as well as the guys in the States. Yeah. You know, and their house music, they do it as well as their guys in the U.S. Even the way they said they found it on my piano. It's like from the hood, like from the old, from yeah, even DJs yeah. that you don't even expect. Like oh, I, so, that's why there's so many tracks. There's yeah. so many, there's no Ama piano, like I don't know. There's you no, know, I even heard that at some point, like the bougie people in in like South Africa, they used to fuck with that sound, right? But guess what? They started coming to Nigeria and seeing us, you know, fuck mm. with it. I can curse, right? We're good. Okay, yes. they started. They started seeing us fuck with it, and they were they were like, oh, okay, our Nigerian. Yeah, you know, Ikoi boys. Uh, they like the sound. They like the sound. Because we don't know where it's from. If it's bougie or not bougie, we just love it. We just want to cuckoo. Yeah, and that time as well, like, SA House was also picking up in Nigeria, but it didn't live long because Ama Piano now came. Took yeah. over. So that time, Prince KB, even Black Coffee, and some other tracks. Mm. Um, what's his name? Heavy K. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff started popping. But then Ama Piano knocked it out. How was lockdown for you? Lockdown was interesting. Lockdown was mind-opening. I rediscovered myself in lockdown just because I, I try to tell people that God stopped the world for me. For everybody? I say for me. For everybody. I was going through darkness, bro. So, I, and at that point in my life, like, I was just like, what the fuck is happening with me? Before lockdown or during lockdown? Right before lockdown. So going into going into 2020 was just like I don't know where my life is going right now, but I need a break. I need yeah. to, I need to stop, and I couldn't figure out how I was going to stop. And then COVID. <laughs> this Tell me about COVID. this darkness, please. 
this thing called COVID. <laughs> This thing called COVID happened, you know, and I just so happened to be in Nigeria by myself, you know, so it was a very low point because I went from like no kids to two kids, yeah, at once. So (laughs) (laughs) it was a very um, dark. Because I was also trying to rediscover love mm. while losing it. So it was a very, it was a very like redefining moment for me. And when I needed that to find myself again, to speak to God again, to be like, yo, I think I've been running mad in mm. these streets mm. and I need you again. And, you know, so we, we, when COVID happened, I got to, like talk to myself i got to sit down and speak to myself very very like bluntly about everything that was happening in my life and pray for forgiveness i felt a very huge sense of disappointment because i felt like i was reliving my my father's sins as as deeply spiritual as my dad was you know when it came to the family side of things he wasn't you know, he was the best dad. Mm. But relationship-wise, if you speak to my mom, he was a bastard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, I was, you know, my stepmom, because my dad got married twice. Mm. So, I found myself in the same situation and I was just very, very, I was just in a very dark space. Which is why I started going out my hair, actually. People did, people thought I was trying out a new hairstyle. No, I was very depressed. <laughs> I was very, very depressed, you know, and I was just in a very dark place. Mm. So COVID helped me just chill, just realize, like, guy, things happen. Yeah. Don't beat yourself off about it. You don't, don't ever go, f- no matter how far away you go, mm. Always remember that you can come back to God. That's yeah. what a lot of people don't know. I think the, I think for COVID, for a lot of people, the world like stopped so that we could start again. And a lot of people found themselves during COVID. Like a lot of people were depressed. Yeah. But yeah. I feel COVID just made the world stop so that all of us can just recalibrate and just... Mm-hmm. And it was necessary. Yeah, very important. I feel like power changed hands True. During, during COVID. True. You know. True. Um, and anybody that was anybody that is spiritually sound will know mm. that you know there was a shift. There was a shift. There was a very strong shift in people's lives in the world, spiritually, physically. There was a shift. So it was the best time to run under the covering of God just mm. to just to make sure that you're on the right side of things. Yeah. You know, so I had to I had to rediscover honesty. I had to rediscover forgiveness and forgiving myself and learning to let go and not, you know, it was it was a lot. But I thank God that I was able to get, though I'm still getting through, but I'm, I feel like I'm at the tail end of it and, you know, coming out of it and feeling like, okay, we can, we can do life again. You know, it was a very dark point, bro, but let <laughs> me <laughs> sip us up. Let me sip us up. Some good lips in. But having kids, did it change you? Like, what did it do for you? Um, It changed me, changed my hustle, changed my mindset. Mm. Um, it's a different feeling. Yeah. It changed me. It did. <laughs> Why are you making me just this just talk? I need you too, bro. I know say so you want to talk serious. No, you want this one. <laughs> I know you don't like all this kind. 
Bruh. What is this kind of topic? But just just give us a bit. Like, how, but you know, we, let me tell you this, and and the, which is one of the reasons why I agreed to do this with you. Yeah, I need to start speaking because I don't. Yeah, I don't. Which is why my social media numbers are shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I need to start speaking. I need to start just you know being out there a lot or trying to be out there. Not mm. too much, but you know, it was a dark point, bro. Yeah, kids changed my life. Made made me more mm, forgiving. Um, because I can't see children as a mistake. You understand what I'm saying? As much mm. as I didn't want it to happen the way it did, mm. it's still a blessing. Yeah. You know, so these are the, it's a different level of maturity when you hit rock bottom. I don't even know if this is rock bottom or babe, like I fall, my back, the ground, they under the ground, bro. But you see, one thing that my dad gave me that I know that will carry me on for life mm. is God. So I just knew that I needed to hold on to God yeah. and as tight as possible and just, you know, gravitate towards more positive energy and mm. light and stuff like that, you know. So as much as as much as it was very traumatic for me or yeah, I, I most uh, not even most of it, all of it, like I said, I rediscovered honesty. There's a lot of there's there's a lot of things as men we don't know or don't do early enough just because I feel like the way you're brought up is very important. Right? So at some point, and I come from a broken home clearly, so at some point in my life, telling a white lie or a black lie was survival. Yeah. I almost died when I was 10 (laughs) from telling the truth because I went to pick my sisters up from school. Mm. Right? After that point, it scarred me, and and I'm realizing now because I have have I have to go to therapy. Yeah, to go back to figure out at what point in your you life went through. Th- I'm in therapy. Everybody needs therapy in Lagos. Everybody does need therapy in Nigeria, <laughs> bro. I'm people that went to that match on the people that went to that match on Tuesday, they need therapy. Because <laughs> Tegas, there was Tegas at that match before the match started, bro. I was there with um, Ehis. Mm. And some of our other friends, Ace had to help a nursing mom carry her baby because she was choking from tear gas because of crowd control. Wow. Yeah. And we had to scramble and look for water to wash their face and all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like Nigerians, as, a, as citizens of Nigeria, yeah. we need, like, as we as we have hospital, we need the, like therapy sessions. You I know? didn't realize until like lockdown that we need a lot yeah, of Yeah, it's true. True. But yeah, man. So going through therapy, you have to just backtrack. Yeah. You know, so I, and from therapy, I realized that a lot of times when I was telling the truth, I was getting punished. Yeah. But they said the truth to set you free. And it yeah. wasn't. <laughs> not from your parents beating them, but I feel like internally. It, not even, even from that, for internally beating because it's like, oh, so you did it. Back, 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 back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm, so, for, to stay out of trouble, I tell a white lie, and before you know, white lies became a thing, you know, mm. and it flows into relationships. Yeah. You know, heartbreak can cause things. I remember um, leaving one relationship, starting another one, and when I started the other one, maybe a few months into it, I ran into my ex at a gig, 
and off of me being trying to you know start this new relationship and be honest with this person that I met mm. I mentioned the fact that I saw my ex at the party and my ex was like oh long I haven't seen you in a long time we should link up and I laughed about it my new girlfriend spazzed spazzed bro I promise never to tell her anything again. <laughs> bro, uh, she spars, bro. Yeah. Like, like spars. Bro. Also, I also think that it's because, I mean, most of us are actually broken. It's not even, a, it's not so about forget, only well, guess you. What? Yeah. It might be our own trauma that was kicking in when, yeah. True that, you know, but I have my own trauma as well. Yeah. And that's why sometimes, well, now growing up as, as adults, we now know that open conversation, mm. honest conversation, I feel like we, our generation, your generation, whoever, this new generation needs to be more vocal with our kids and coming, even yeah. with our peers about life. Let's just talk about things because our parents did not talk. Yeah. And they never painted a real picture to us. True. They made it seem like it was all rosy in marriages in mm. or in business. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm sure you've been crossed a few times, even business-wise. <laughs> Tell me things that it. Things that if you knew when you were younger, you would have known how to avoid, yeah. you know, but the world is a, is a dangerous place at the same time. It's a blessed place because my God give us, you get yeah. So, like I said, I rediscovered honesty. This is the first time I ever talking about it in public, Timmy son. <laughs> rediscovered honesty, you know, and, but I had to learn the hard way, you know, my life caught up with me and I got, what do you mean your lies caught up? My lies caught up with me, bro. <laughs> my <laughs> games. <laughs> my friend. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You didn't give me two computer game energy. What's it? Ah, which one? Like? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. This is YouTube, bro. Anyways. No, but I mean, you can be careful. Like, yeah, I am being safe. careful. So, I am yeah. being careful without, but I also, you know, this is me stepping out of my shell. Yeah. You're doing so well. Yeah, bro. I I would decline interviews all day because mm. I, I just don't want to talk or yeah. I just don't feel like it or if it's not just about DJ OB. Yeah. So that's why if you look online, you will only see things about my work. You will never find anything about my personal, personal life. life yeah. You know, just because my personal life is very dramatic. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm also like very big on saying the things that you're comfortable with. And yes. I believe that you've done lots of work on yourself. Even, a lot, bro. Yeah. I like I like the fact and I praise God with the fact that I'm alive, bro, yeah. because it got there. Are you in a better place now? I am in a better place now. I know that I'm never going to go back down that road. I know mm. that I'm never going to get down, you know, go back down that road. I just, I just know better now. So I mm. am in a better place regardless of whatever the outcome you know, is you just need to learn that you've made mistakes mm. and you cannot live with those mistakes if mm. not, you will not progress in life, you know? Yeah. So even things like Obi's house came out of that because yeah. that really came about from just trying to be free and, you know, get back to DJing, you know, in 2021, I had a very serious mental breakdown. I lost my laptop, well, not lost it, so I, room 69, because we're talking about lockdown, right? <laughs> room 69 came about during lockdown. Room 69 is this R&B live we started on Instagram. So shout out to everybody that, you know, tuned into Room 69. Obi's house started on Instagram as well, you know, but Room 69 took over because every other DJ online was doing party, 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 party on their live. Mm. But then I was doing party, but I was looking for a different niche and yeah. R&B is one thing that I really love. Shout out to Ogwa in Abuja. Uh, Ogwa, you know, 
spoke about it. Links helped me out a lot to put in the graphics together, put in, mm-hmm. you know, but Ogwa was the one that actually came up with the, with the tag name, um, Room 69 for R&B, Lovers, and blah, blah, blah. So Room 69, 2021 Valentine edition, I decided to do it outside in my balcony on my terrace because my daughter was sleeping in the house now. Right. Um, but when I finished, I fell asleep in the house because I just like, I wake up in the morning and pack my stuff. But I woke up to heavy rainfall. My laptop, my mixer, my phone, everything <sighs> still set up outside. So I, li- so I literally woke up running <laughs> to try and get my laptop um, sorted out. I, by the time I got it, rained on time, my phone, my mixer done. I made the huge mistake of plugging my laptop to the charger. It fried my laptop. I lost everything, bro. So at that point, I lost everything. Um, and like the next day, man, I just had a really, really bad mental breakdown and just disappeared for three days. Yeah. Where you go? <laughs> Prayer City. Yeah. Ah! Stop. Yep. It was that deep. MFM Prayer City. You needed that? I needed it, bro. Wow. I thank God. Like I said, if if there's one thing that my dad left with me that I'll never, ever trade for anything in the world is God. I could have gone anywhere else. I'm happy you went there. Yeah. <laughs> Believe you me, I could have gone yeah. anywhere else, bro. I had options. I could have gone anywhere else, but I knew that I was in trouble spiritually, so I needed to, to fortify myself. I needed to go and cry. Yeah. And it's okay to cry, especially to God. Very much so. I needed to go and break down, literally just break down to God, that guy, I don't fuck up. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Help me. <laughs> Help feel better me. After. I felt great after. God gave me the game plan that's working right now when I when I was there. Obi's house on a Monday. <laughs> I don't want to clap for Obi. <laughs> Obi, they check this Lagos on a Monday. On a Monday I night. I know that people could turn up we don't get work for this Lagos. <laughs> Nine to fivers. Yeah. Everybody in Lagos. Like, you know, in December, I was literally counting how much you and Bolivar would probably make. I thought they count all the bottles with the pass. You can't, bro. I say, Jesus, Obi, and these people are in their bag. We could, there was a point where we had to come and call you to bring us in. Yeah, they stopped me for getting so that it Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you know you are stopping, but like yes, no. it's such a success. Obi. How Bro. do you feel about the success of Obi's house? Do you think it was going to get this big? You see, it, like I said, it, it's a testimony because in prayer city, when I did try redefine myself, mm. I did try you know plan myself. Literally, you know, sometimes sometimes we like to tag it as our conscience mm. or uh, my mind. They tell me no, yeah. I was praying. Yeah, and he gave me the playbook. This is what you're gonna do. This is how you're gonna do it. And the key to this is consistency. Mm. For a very long time, I wasn't consistent with a lot of things. Yeah, I I lacked consistency. I would start something and not finish. Yeah, this time around, it's like anything you do now, you finish it because when you start it, mm. you get there. Then you just leave it. Why? Yeah. You understand? So now, follow this DJ thing. You want to do it well? Leave the clubs. Yeah. The clubs are a problem for you because they're a huge distraction. Mm. So leave the clubs and create your own thing. Mm. Create your own thing that you can control, where you can control the vibe. If I want to play gospel for Obi's house, I feel play gospel and uh, people vibe to it. Let me go from you. Truthfully, because every time I think about it, I'm like, they miss Angu Dua. 
I will bring handkerchief cover. Yeah, yeah, that's that. So, um, that's how it started, man. And but but did I think it would get there this fast? No, mm. I didn't. I just thought that over time, maybe people would just be looking at me like, "What's this boy doing?" But I just knew that this is my game plan. From here, I will do this, 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 and this. So Obi's Obi's house was the first one, um, and Bolivar was part of my healing process. Rashida is like an angel in human form, mm. you know. Rashida didn't know there were times I would come to Bolivar during when during lockdown. Mm. There was no gigs. She didn't know I would come to Bolivar without a dime. I don't know how I could take piano, but maybe I'll call one of my guys. If you call UGK, if you call Dre, maybe they'll come. I'll just tell them, guy, pay for me out. But sometimes I didn't need to because Rashida would just order the food. I feel just, she, she can even just buzz to say, ah, what are you doing? Come through. It's almost like she even knew, she low-key knew there was Sense something going it, on, but she just, so, so there were times where I'll pull up and like, bro, I've slept at Bolivar before, like, taking a nap, woken yeah. up, or, you know, just, bro, it became my place as much as it was her place, you mm. know. So even when COVID was dying down, fizzling out, and she was getting ready to open back up to like the, the to the public, mm. it was myself, Richard, Nadi from Escape, you know, I was... Just Eve after that. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Eve, Richard. Shout out yeah. to Richard, man. Richard was the one that actually put Monday in, in on the table. Yeah, Richard was the one that put Monday on the table, I was speaking to Rashida based on like a Thursday or Friday because I knew she was now trying to get Bolivar back on his feet. Yeah. But then Rashida was like, okay, instead of you doing another one, Richard doing another one, let's all talk about doing something together. Mm. But Richard is such a perfectionist. <laughs> so it was dragging, it was dragging, it was dragging, it was dragging for a while. And then it was now looking like it, was, like it wasn't going to happen. Mm. But then I was, I, but what we, we were trying to collaborate on a different idea. Mondays are not that serious. Monday is not that serious or mm. something like that. Mint. Yes. Monday is not that serious. You know, but Richard wanted to do this, do that, do that. Rashida, very proper. Uh, Rashida is a very strong businesswoman. Mm. You know, you, you can't believe Rashida. <laughs> yes. So when it looked like it was falling apart, I had to tell Rashida, Omo, I really need to come to do this like this. I want a Thursday night, I want a Friday, but now it looks like nothing at all is going to happen. And she's just like, okay, cool. Do you, if you're down, I'm down. Let's get it. Let's do it. You know? And she was like, what day, what day? But I like the way Richard sold Monday was mind blowing to me. So I was like, I like Monday as well. If Richard is not going to do anything, I'll do Monday and I'll just take my time because mind you, my plan was just to take my time to do this thing, yeah. to build it piece by piece. Yeah. Go through the strains of rebuilding yourself. If you know this DJ thing is what you want to do, this next level for you is mm. going to blow you up. So if you're not ready for it, this is now the conversation I'm having in Prayer City. If you're not ready for it, leave it and look for in 9 to 5. You, my network is always there. I can tap into someone to say, get me a job. Were you going to do a 9 to 5? Bro, it at was... At that point? At that point, yeah, I was. Because COVID had hit, you yeah. know? So, we weren't sure how things were going to get back to how they True. used to be. So, I was ready to be like, you know, change your career, do that, maybe move back to the States, find something nice, you know, something, you know? But as God will have it, you know, Rashida was just like, you know, let's get it started Mondays. And it was just myself, Sunshine, you know... Um, my friends, UGK, it was just like six of us, nine mm-hmm. of us, so Mao, me, Mbwaje. Yeah. And we would just literally come out in Monday night, Obi the DJ, make Obi give us vibes. We'll we just go, day. We go just day. But you know, one, one thing I've learned, and if we also like TV 10, the podcast, mm-hmm. I just feel like 
God is very disciplined as well. Yes. And if you build something, he will bless it. Bless you it, bro. you just stay there and build it, Literally. he will bless it. So, Literally. And that's how it has, it has, bro, I was in Abuja and people, people were recognizing me based on Monday night. People are recognizing me based on Monday Do you Monday know what night. you've done on a Monday? Now you get, for this whole Lagos, now you get Monday. After people close from work, their bosses have nine to five. From seven, eight, Obi. Now you get, I don't even go anywhere. Again. Bro, it's after a blessing. It's after a blessing, church on Sunday, yeah. on Monday, I, I <laughs> it's a blessing, bro. And the truth is, I really just wanted to be able to give out good vibes mm. because naturally, I'm a good person. I know yeah, I've made my mistakes. Know. You know what I'm saying? I know I've done my my dogged, I've, I've I've had my dogged ways or whatever it is, but that's not me. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm really just trying to make to make the world a better place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah mm. So it was really just to sell good vibes, honestly speaking, and it took off, bro. It took off. I'm very happy for you, my brother. Thank you so much. Yeah, a great guy. Obi's a great guy. Obi not my guy. We've like Timmy's my guy too. We don't I we can't. don't go through one or two things so I don't see hey. ah, we cannot talk about it here. See, I know that Maybe I should I, let me tell you, I know that the timing <laughs> is not even enough for me and you to sit down. We cannot even speak we, like, <laughs> about certain things, I beg. Maybe show not go. <laughs> I beg <laughs> This is my own prayer, CC, please. Hey, bro, bro. But yeah, yeah, like the time is not even enough. Like no, I really no. want like even now that I know some things that you've said now, I'm just yeah. like, I want to sit down with you after now and say, we feel you. what's up? We feel you. Uh, wow. Fear, uh, but, you know, I also just wanted to, you because guess what? Bolivar was healing for me and I knew a lot of people were going through things. Yeah. So it was a thing of come as you are. You know, when you come, yes. to, when you come to Obi's house, we know they check your dressing. Yes. Truthfully, yes. we're not pressuring you on Dorime or not. We just want to be it's sure that you're... a very healthy are, space. Yeah, yeah, we just want to be sure that you're using the table. So that's why we do that table minimum thing. And yeah. the truth is, anywhere else in the world you go and party, there's table minimums. Yeah. It's a structure. Yeah. So I want to use Obi's house to be able to restructure the nightlife yeah. scene. I want to be able to use Obi's house to restructure the social scene yeah. in Lagos. Also, also, the quality of people that come to Bolivar, right? So like, you can see like, Young and upperly mobile people. Yes. They might not have millions, but then again, they can do a, a minimum with their friends. With their friends so there's yeah. more community with Bolivar, yeah. right? Yeah. I can come to Bolivar, I know that I will see maybe people that I know from every other table. Literally, bro. They're all vibing. So mm-hmm. we're not really looking at that person. Is he dancing? They're not dancing. We're Everybody's not checking for anything else. Everybody just see, you can come and sit down. I've had people that will, I notice them, they will come and sit down and you can tell they've had a very strong, hard day. Mm. But give them a few hours and you see them smiling and laughing. Yeah. They probably hit up somebody else to be like, yo, just come through mm. and hang with me. And before mm. you know it, it's a party. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? And that's really how, that's really the vibe of Obi's house. You understand? So yeah. that positivity is what we're now trying to take on tour. Okay. We're now discussing with them. Where do bro, you go to? Bro, I, you see, and when I tell you, in the next few, <laughs> in the next few weeks, this is why I'm happy that I'm doing this with you as a mm, friend because mm. in the next few weeks, in the next few months, before mm. the end of the year, bro, you're going to hear things and be like, yo, go and watch my podcast. Obi said it. Yes. Obi said it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, man, you know, this is now the vibe we're going to take on tour. This is now the vibe we're going to use to spread more love through the Afrobeats way, through the Niger mm. way. This is now what we're going to, you know, it, it, it's going to become a thing because I'm having certain conversations that yeah. I, I obviously can't say who and who right now, but when it pops off, you just be like, yo, Obi, Obi said this and it, it, it's good. It's a testimony it, and it's a reassurance that, you know, the God that I trust, the God that I pray to, the God that said, Obi, I, I got you to forget anything. See, mm-hmm. I need to say this. God is not what 
you hear in church. Tell them. God is not what you hear in church. Well, some churches. In church. Well. Salvation is necessary. Salvation is necessary. That's why I say in church. Yeah. Because especially in Nigeria, people just idolize their pastor that so strongly is a problem that you forget that there is God. Yes, not not even like you forget. You know that there is God, but it's almost like this is so, you so, are my messenger to God, forgetting that you can speak directly. That's the thing. I think like we Nigerians don't even understand the Jesus that we think that we know. that we know. And my pastor always says like, if the gospel of Christ is so easy that it will take a pastor to confuse you. Yes, and I think that's what's happening to a lot of Nigerians a lot. because a lot. they have move the walk of understanding God to their pastor. So whatever their pastor projects on them is what they take him. But but, that, have... but that's why power changed hands during COVID yeah. because church was on the halt. So that village, the village people they chase you. My own thing with they're not with, chasing no, my own, COVID. My own problem is that I, I, the church is so important. Even the even no, Jesus, fellowship is so important. That's, like the church is us, right? Thank you. It's always it's so important for Nigeria. But I I really don't want people to now say oh church is not important. No, no, don't, the don't, church don't misunderstand. The church, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't misunderstand. Fellow, I, 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 I'm even trying to refrain from using the word church. Fellowship is necessary because yeah. guess what? Your household fellowship is church. Mm. Your, your prayer at your workplace in the morning. You got is it church. on two or three. You understand? Two or three. Wherever, you know, yeah. wherever two or three are gathered, Jesus there. is there. Yeah. So, but the most important thing is your personal relationship with Christ, your mm. personal relationship with God is what is very, very, very important. If mm. you have that, nobody can confuse you. That's where I am now. Is that where you are? That's where I am now. Thank you, my brother. Just our life in Christ. <laughs> my G, I don't have all the time in the world. Thank you so much for coming. I'm so happy. I knew we were not going to be because yeah. it's just hours on end, on end, yeah. on end. But it's I'm, cool. I'm very so happy that you are here. I'll come back. I can come Please back. Please come back in season two. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Bro, you, you got, I got you. You got me. You know yeah. that. You know that outside of all this camera BS, mm. you know, I got you. <laughs> you know, I got you. So, you know. Fuck you. Camera BS. <laughs> this is my nine to five. Yes, now. But I, what I'm saying is on the real, real, because that's what a lot of people need to understand that yeah. there's realness, even in this entertainment industry. Oh, yeah. Well, there's some real so ones. much fakeness, but there are a few real ones. And yeah. that's what I'm learning now. I've lost a lot of friends, bro. A lot. Bro. A lot of people that I thought. Bro, I was calling bro. a lot of people. I was calling a lot of people. I they open my door. People they walk inside my house. I would open door for anybody. We meet for us and we stop there. I go. <laughs> bro, bro, no, see, that was one of that was one of the things I realized was a big, huge mistake in my life. I was so welcoming, and it's not mm. it's not a flaw. It's a good thing, it's but it's just like thing, but then, you know, people misuse it. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? And I was always just trying to see the good in certain people. And the truth is, they were always showing me that, you know what I mean? I'm, mm. Not me, just they say, no, no, this guy not my bro, my brother. But it wasn't. So now I'm learning with this honesty, the honesty that people really want, some people cannot handle, or a lot of people cannot handle. It's very raw. It's very, it can be very yeah. rude. It can be very harsh, but it is honest. You understand what I'm saying? And the truth about I, I also think that I've learned that you know what there's some certain people that we cannot be honest with not because we don't want to because we don't even you have to weigh the level of friendship and openness for you to be so that's that's another thing you can mm-hmm. be who you are but you just have to weigh who you go where you are who you yeah. do it with you understand what I'm saying that's what I'm learning now so yeah. like I said a lot of this has been me rediscovering myself and finding myself now as an adult versus when I was you know 
early adulthood or even teenager and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. But I thank God. I thank God that I'm at this point now and I, like, I'm finding my feet again, you know. I'm getting back to what I love to do. I really love DJing. I love music. I do want to put out music. People keep asking me, hey, guy, this person need drop, this person need drop. Mm-hmm. But I always want to do it from passion and I, I, I'm a very patient person when it comes to certain things because I believe God will come through for me. And very soon, he will, very soon. He will. He has. I mean, he already has, but I just can't let the cat out the bag. But very soon, you know. You tell me after this. I go, yeah, you know. Boy. <laughs> but, but he came through for me solid. Everything that I prayed about when I went to Prayer City, he came through for me. Hallelujah. Yes, yeah, so everything. My dickness will be. Everything, <laughs> Everything. Oh my dick no be. I don't know why dick shower. Even <laughs> even some of the friends that I have now, God just put me in certain places where like yeah. they're like, yo, that's your guy. Yeah. Regardless of what people say about that person, that's your guy. But I don't need to preach you, but you know, mm. this mention I always did preach for this thing. Not my couch. But I, I just I've learned that you know that like, most of the for the beginning of my career, I was struggling a lot because I wanted to do things by myself, my mm. and everything that I've Ask God for once I've prayed in line with His will. I just say, you know what, God, please sort this out. Yeah, it's always done it. Yeah, so man. now I've I have now stopped that hustle. So it's, I'm less stressed now. Those hustle of I need to be here. I need to please this thank person. You, thank you. Thank I'm you. I'm in yeah. a very sweet space. So I just like God, let Your will be done. Direct me to some. This it can be very random. I don't mm. even want to talk about things that have happened on this podcast, but so many random situations have happened yeah. that I now know who's running this shit. Mm-hmm. So thank you being confident in your originality so Eesh, I'll brother. tell you this a lot of times I was shy because I didn't think that I, you know what I'm saying but bro I'll say this boldly right now there are a lot of things I started in in Lagos mm. from since I moved back and this is why I needed to start my own thing yes right? like yes. for instance you know I, I, I DJ'd a sip for, for years yeah. you know and I just didn't see myself as the guy that was bringing all these people Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Bro, when I was at Vapors, we, we started Bottle Girl Service at Vapors. Jessica, I was watching your episode with uh, mm. Ulo and, yeah, and Abby. Abby. Bro, ask Jessica, ask Lady. We started that Bottle Girl Service situation at Vapors, mm. but then the girls moved to Quillox and Quillox blew it up from Quillox, you know, started spreading out. Mm. You know, um, what else? Like different parties, you know, you've been to so many parties that have become a thing. But it would just be music by Obi. But you won't know that me and this person sat down. I'm but because I, yeah. the, the plan was I will cover music and you will cover the door and logistics. And yeah. That person took all the shine and just ran with it. And at some point, they will probably stop paying me as a DJ. You understand all those kind of things? So I'll just now go back in my shell like, God, what was all this? Something yeah. where I, I give this person now. They don't carry on go. But bro, Chin and I started day parties in Lagos as far back as 2012. We started the, the re-up, you know, and we're doing, we're trying to do it like only for December folks and blah, blah, blah. And he morphed into Grill at the Pent and Grill at the Pent morphed into all these other things. Did you did Grill at the Pent? Bro. No, they only did Grill at the Pent, yeah. Bankhead, but it started off from mm. that day, from that day party vibe. But because we didn't want to always run it from the, for the whole year, we were only doing it in December. But the venue needed something that would run the whole year. And they only just happened to be there in that position. You know what I'm saying? There were so many things that, that I was doing. And I just felt I wasn't getting my credit for it. And I was shy to speak up to be like, oh, Namidu Amu. You know, I started saying. So, but my confidence is back. And it's time to just king this shit I'm all happy. the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> DJ Obi, let me sign up for this show. Hey, listen, it's your boy DJ Obi. Check me out, Bolivar, every Monday. Obi's house on a Monday night. Check out the merch when you come through. 
And shout out to Timmy San. Listen, proud of you for for everything. Every time we we just used to just uh, when he used to sip tea in his uh, in his room, you know. But he's blown it up. So you guys check out the episode. Follow me on Instagram at djobajent and check out everything that we're doing. Thank you, and that's the end of my show today. Peace. Peace. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, ninety-six percent replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a thirty-night guarantee. Plus, get fifteen percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to eighty percent less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>